Yeah, that was Lionel Hampton. And uh, Oscar Peterson was on the piano. And it was called It's a Blue World. It was on a 78 RPM disc that was very, very clean. I scrubbed that one really good. Uh, the, the show opened up with the Regal Jazz Band and Get Out and Get Under the Moon. So my name is Courtney, uh, Courtney Edison. The, the T is silent. <laughs> anyway, so look, I'll tell you something now. I'm going to share a little vignette with you. A little ba- behind the scenes, what goes on at WFMU. So Ken Friedman, he's a station manager. He invited me into his, uh, his, his office last week to discuss what, what he called some particular content of my program. And by that he meant music. I hope I never live long enough to begin referring to music as content. I mean, that's just cold. Anyway, so he mentions to me tracks I've played by uh, Lucille Bogan and Ukulele Ike and, and Bo Carter. And he's all these double entendres and his sexual innuendo and his filthy euphemisms. These, <laughs> these songs have lyrics about uh, uh, putting a banana into fruit salad or digging for oysters or, uh, or bulging the back of the old onion bag or buttering the biscuit. But, of course, what they're really singing about is, uh, is, is, is creaming the Twinkie. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, just Ken, Ken, Ken Friedman, the station manager, he says, this stuff is crossing the line, he says. He says he's gotten complaints from people that he, he, calls, them, he calls them social justice warriors. And he sneered when he said this phrase. He says these folks think that some of these recordings are de- demeaning to women, that, that their lyrics trigger microaggressions. What the hell is a microaggression? He says some of these songs perpetuate stereotypes. I think the general manager has detected a strong puritanical impulse in certain WFMU listeners. These people, to, to paraphrase the great H.L. Mencken, these people harbor the sneaking suspicion that someone, somewhere, is having fun. Anyway, so I'm sitting there in Ken's office, listening to Ken, I didn't say anything. I stared at him while he delivered what he probably considered a stern reprimand. I said nothing. Now, at the time, I was smoking a Rancho Malario, a Rancho Malario uh, Maladoro, in fact. And occasionally, I blew some smoke into his face. <laughs> he looked annoyed, and he'd wave away the clouds of acrid tobacco fragrance. But, but you know, that just redistributes it around his office. <laughs> By the way, tobacco is an Indian weed. So when I smoke a Rancho Malario, I'm paying tribute to the legacy of these uh, what are they called? Native Americans. You don't like cigars? You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're probably a white supremacist. Me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a black and white supremacist. Anyway, when we finished, Ken left his office. Well, he left me. I was, I was still sitting there. So, <laughs> Ken has a giant cannabis plant in his office. It's growing. It's over in the corner behind his desk. Well, <laughs> I hid the stub of my Rancho Malario in the bucket that he's using to grow the cannabis plant. He's going to be smelling that cigar for weeks, and he won't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> yes, I sometimes get the impression that Ken is running the circus from the monkey cage. Well, anyway, look, I'm the old codger here, and, you know, I get letters and postcards, and I, it's a huge mailbag. Somebody's got to read them. So here's Unita Bodenheim 
and we're going to be dipping into the Old Codger mailbag right now. It's the Old Codger Radio Hour mailbag. Dear Mr. T. Edison, if I recall correctly, from time to time you have expressed a violent distaste for hippies, an opinion I and many others in my social circles share. With the hippie lifestyle once again ascendant, it is high time we raise our collective voices, but this will require a grassroots effort. To reanimate our tired ranks and persuade listeners who may still be on the fence in re-hippies, would you enumerate at least five convincing reasons why hippies deserve our contempt? I eagerly await your response. J.L.T. Sanford Ferguson, Esquire. Dear Courtney, I never miss your shows. They are the high point of my week. To best express my admiration and affection, I have written a poem in the modern style especially for you. Warmly, Matilda D. He got the love of music, but sponsorship pays. So he show up crazed in the need of a shave and put the booty of a swisher at the end of a flame. T. Ed's in the house, he the master of rhymes, where the fans throw their hands like Gus Bodenheim. He got a great publicist who manages his time. Sliding in and out with every reason to pout, Slippy Weasel in the oranges, east, west, and south. From the bunker to the station, he's a player, no doubt. Beaches on his arms and ready to phase. Where the G's play, he don't need a reason to blaze. In that cigar boudoir with Badussi carpet stains. Badussi, what's that? Dear Mr. Edison, Please allow me the liberty to broach a delicate but all-too-human matter with you and your listeners. I am a man in his golden decades, now enjoying the fruits of retirement. My physician has intimated on more than one occasion that, owing to my preferred diet of corn nuts, chicken nuggets, and Chex Mix, I have frequently found myself hankering after a quality stool softener, as many of us do. I'm hoping that you, a trusted messenger, will offer myself and your listening audience sage and welcome advice as to which brand you consider to be both extremely effective and yet gentle enough to feed a baby. With sincerity, F. Ronald Zissner. Dear Mr. Edison, I am writing in response to a recent request for listener letters. I have spent a great portion of my life since I reached maturity looking at scantily clad women with beautiful legs. I used to frequent the Pink Pussycat Theater, but as X-rated videos became readily available, I expanded my habit considerably and was able to enjoy watching those scantily clad women with beautiful legs and nice round... Oh my. Uh. Over the years, I have become a rather well-versed voyeur. Unfortunately, my wife does not share my unbounded enthusiasm for this pastime. I occasionally get her to watch a good flick, and I have suggested that we visit a swing club just to watch other people f- Oh, oh, I can't read this. I can't, I can't read this.
one true pal, that's when you be blue. Cause when I step out, you be standing high and dry. You'll be lonely some sweet day, moan and cry. You won't be gay when I pass you by. On my way to heaven land with another man. Somebody big shot, I won't even lend a helping hand. Understand? Not here, never here. When you tell me, sister, you never ain't out of dance. Not a glance will I give you, mister. You have to wait. I've decided you like romance too one-sided. You'll be sorry for the way you treated me. You'll regret it, you'll be crying when I'm flying, flying high. Don't forget it, now I'm leaving without even saying goodbye. Why, yeah, why should I say goodbye? Well, well, but don't that's a plenty. Riding on a rhythm, he rode right up and smacked me down and caused my head to swim, beat me out some boogie woogie. Don't you be no Mickey Mouse if you can't play boogie woogie. Lock yourself in the bell house, don't you know that eight beat rhythm? It's the jive that gets around, everything is eight beat rhythm. Since Boogie Woogie came to town It has been beaten, has been scrubbed To the tune of a rub-de-up-dub It has been rock to bed Still that rhythm's gone to my head Let me hear that Boogie Woogie I'm a Boogie Woogie hound Gotta have my eight-beat rhythm Since Boogie Woogie came to town
met him in Monterey, in old Mexico. Stars and steel guitars and luscious lips as red as wine broke somebody's heart, and I'm afraid that it was mine. It happened in Monterey without thinking twice. I left him and threw away the key to paradise. My indiscreet heart longs for the sweet heart that I left in old Monterey. It happened in Monterey a long time ago. I met him in Monterey in old Mexico. Stars and steel guitars and luscious lips as red as wine broke somebody's heart and I'm afraid that it was mine. It happened in Monterey without thinking twice. I left him That, that was Ruth Edding. You recognize Ruth Edding at this point. What a singular voice. Eh? That was It Happened in Monterey by Ruth Edding. Prior to that, John Kelly and Tony Gatoso did a study in Brown. Uh, Louis Jordan and his Timpany Five with Boogie Woogie came to town. The Harmonettes. First time I played them on my program. That's a plenty from The Harmonettes. And Coot Grant and Kid Wilson did Have Your Chill. I'll be here when your fever rises. So this is uh, Courtney T. This is the old codger here on WFMU every Tuesday from 78 playing uh, the great music, the, the best music, 78 RPM records only. That's it. I don't care how clean some of these sound. I've been accused of slipping in a compact disc or a cassette or something. No, no, these are 78 RPM. I've got my own Victrola here. Okay, don't doubt me. Anyway, look, there's a lot of talk in my neighborhood. And also with the newspapers. I read the newspapers every day. And they're, they're talking about supply chain disruptions. Well, some people in the audience of this program have expressed a fear that these so-called supply chain disruptions would affect the old Codger radio show. Well, we would like to reassure everyone, fans, listeners, and parties of interest. That's the three separate categories. There's a little bit of overlap there. We offer our assurance that the supply of great music will not be disrupted here on the Old Codger radio program. 
because the amount of great music on 70 RPM records is, as the hippies like to say, it's uh, sustainable. Well, anyway, unlike WFMU in general, where the paucity of so-called talent makes this uh, shaky enterprise predictably unsustainable. Also, here at Old College Central, I also want to tell you, as regards these alleged supply chain disruptions, uh, our supplies of Sly Weasler bourbon and Rancho Malario cigars and uh, polygrip denture adhesive and uh, Del Barton squeeze and flow stool softener, all of these fine products, these, these are the necessities of life, uh, all are in ample supply here around the bunker and in the assorted outbuildings on my property. We also have lots of rolls of duct tape, which is a way of life when it comes to maintenance around here. There's nothing that stuff can't fix. It's also useful in getting people to shut their traps. Try it sometime. So we're covered. Thank you. We stocked up on these things years ago. We have a waterproof uh, sub-basement that holds many crates of essential products. The space also serves as a makeshift bomb shelter. <laughs> you never know when those Ruskies might decide to push that button. Uh, we are prepared, uh, and have been since 1962. You should be too. So you know what? Here's Gus Bodenheim to tell you just how you can rest easy in times of global unrest. Over 60 years ago, our nation was enturmoiled. A dire threat imperiled us like a sword of Damocles dangling precariously above our collectively endangered heads. The bomb. Across America, resourceful individuals met the challenge by seeing to their own security, building impregnable shelters fully stocked with the provisions and supplies necessary to sustain life and limb indefinitely. Well, the bomb never dropped. Thousands of these fallout readouts lay fallow, all but forgotten, but not by Rummy Del Barton, where some merely saw silent memorials to atom age overreaction, he saw opportunity. I'm Gus Bodenheim, handing you your invitation to get in below the ground floor. At Del Barton Bunkers, we say, why wait for a holocaust that may never come? Leave today's dystopia behind and step on down to the good life. Every refurb Del Barton bunker has been fully inspected, fumigated, soundproofed, and stocked with cases of sly weasel bourbon, large tanks of mostly potable water, and all the military surplus MREs you can choke down. For those delicate personal requirements, never fear, all waste and effluvatives will be neatly handled with one of those suck pipe capsule things they use at the drive-up window at Banks. Whoosh, and it's gone. Where to, who cares? Your sanitary solution is their problem. Hey, world up there, take that. As the years pass, you'll never be bored with your hand-cranked Victrola and a generous stack of Foxtrot favorites, orchestral novelties, and vocal selections. Board games? You bet. Mr. Ree, Boom or Bust, Star Reporter, Andy Gump's Kino, <laughs> you name it. Now, if you should find yourself in one of those moods, just look under your bunk. That plain brown wrapper is your ticket to ooh-la-la. Mmm, some gams on that grable, gal, eh? Sigh. Afterwards, fire up one of the abundantly provided Rancho Malario cigars and blow the smoke up the tube of that whoosh thing. Ah. 
This is what passes for the life. Descend into the vintage comfort of your own Pouton catacomb far from the madding crowd. Retreat from the sound and fury of this dismal contemporary hell into the womb-like bliss of a Del Barton bunker and be king of the world, as far as you know. And I shudder to think of the awful stink on the road to Samarkand. It's frankly hell, that filthy smell on the road to Samarkand. But I like America. I have played around every slappy, happy hunting ground. And I find America okay. I've been about a bit, but I must admit that I didn't know the half of it till I hit the USA. Likely last in Boston, man, from fashion will recoil. In Dallas, Texas, they talk of sex, but only think of oil. New Jersey dames go up in flames if someone mentions bed. In Chicago, Illinois, any girl who meets the boy giggles and shoots him dead. But I like America, its society offers infinite variety and count man. I shall return someday to the girl of you I've loathed every acre from can to canton. I also deplore Bombay. I've cheered at Jamaica and seen through Ceylon and exploded the myth of those flying fists on the road to Mandalay. I'll never miss those blasted fists on the road to Mandalay, but... I like America, I have traveled far from the Thumbelow to Zanzibar, but I find America okay. I've roamed the Spanish main, eaten sugar cane, but I never tasted cellophane till I struck the USA. Delegates from southern states are nervy and distraught. In New Orleans, the wrought iron screens are dreadfully overwrought. Beneath each tree in Tennessee, erotic books are read. And when alligator suds from the Mississippi mud, sex rears its ugly head. But I like America, its simplicity, and its fashion for publicity and calm. What man? Give me a holiday! Tigers 
and savages roar. Then they faint dead away when they see a little mouse on the floor. Boys, aren't women wonderful? Aren't women grand? I said, aren't women wonderful? Aren't women grand? Aren't they the rulers of this happy land? A man who's so old that he should take to his bed will try monkey glands and he'll get married instead. But we know who put the big idea in his head. You know who? Women, women, women. Uh, aren't women grand? Though we like to think it to boast about man being supreme, still he's got to play second fiddle, no doubt. Though he's big and tall, maybe she's short and small. Yet she can count him out. Oh, aren't women wonderful? Aren't women grand? Aren't they the rulers of this happy, happy land? When baby is expected, you chuckle with glee and think how you'll dangle the kid on your knee. Mm. A girl or a boy you'd like, but she hands you three. No fooling. Aren't women wonderful? Uh, aren't women grand? Aren't women wonderful? Aren't women grand? Aren't they the rulers of this happy, happy land? How kings have been conquered, the history books tell. For instance, Anne Bolin and also Sweet Nell. Uh, surely you know Cleopatra and Sophie Tucker as well. I must say that we women are wonderful boys. No fooling. Women are grand.
devil got 90,000 women He just needs one more Devil got 90,000 women He just needs one more You just the type of woman for him Mama, you booked out and bound to go I told you next time you go out, please carry your black dress long. Told you next time you go out, please carry your black dress long. Cause a coffin will be your present and hell will be your brand new home.
Those were the, the Mississippi Sheiks and Jail Bird Love Song. Uh, prior to that was Lon, great Lonnie Johnson. What a great uh, picker he was on that guitar. Just a minute, he had a really smooth voice too. Uh, he sang, "She's making whoopee in hell tonight." Yes, uh, Sophie Tucker. Before that, with "Aren't Women Wonderful," uh, Noel Coward, and the Cafe de Paris Orchestra. Did I like America? Well, this is uh, the Old Country Radio Show. Uh, I'll be here till eight o'clock, and then Maury's uh, Coney Island follows me. Now, you, some of you, you might be wondering why we have not been airing soundtracks from major motion pictures for the past several shows, and, and we don't have one today. Well, there's a reason. The, the reason is that our, our film, Projectionist, it says Joe Bartleby, his nickname is Jittery Joe. Uh, Joe suffered a panic attack on the job. It appears to have been triggered by several gestures in a flip to frog major motion picture. Or it might have simply been exposure to too many film frames per second. Whatever. Jittery Joe got a jolt. So Joe is recovering. He's in rehab at the Bodenheim Clinic. We have one of the Bodenheim Clinics, so many, because they're so necessary. Anyway, it was a very severe panic attack. We could, and we could not hire another projectionist on short notice. We, we placed a classified ad in the local newspaper, the, the East Orange Advertiser, but so far, no one has called. So look, if you people listening out there, if you're a qualified projectionist and you must have your own 35-millimeter projector and you know all about uh, threading major motion picture film into your projector and uh, getting the soundtrack to play on the radio, Lola Bell can help. She's our technical advisor. Anyway, if you want this job, okay, until Joe comes back, who, and we don't know how long he's going to be in rehab, if you want this job and you've got a projector, Give me a call at home. You know my phone number. What do you mean you don't know my phone number? Oh, you new listener? You don't know my phone number? I give my phone number so often, I guess I got to give it again. It gets really tiresome giving out my phone number on the radio. I've been dozens of times. I always tell you people, write it down. Get a pencil. See, here's, here's a pencil right here. I got one. Okay. Listen, I'm going to give you my phone number. It's the same phone number I've had since 1892. Write it down. Okay? My phone number is... 6. Anyway, so if you've got a projector you want to be the projectionist for the major motion picture soundtracks on the old Codger radio show, the pay is uh, negotiable. We'll talk about it, okay? Just give me a call at home. Anyway, let's get back to the fine music here on the Old Codger Radio Show. Daddy, what is mama? Daddy, or oh, what, baby? Much loving as I give you 
don't you mean that sweet papa he don't do? Guess what I mean? You've got to have what it takes. I've got to. Or else I'll give you no more brains. Ain't give me none yet, baby. I'm full of health issues, but I'm mighty afraid. Afraid of what? That you are so old. Are you? You can't make the grade. Bet you can. You got to have what it takes. Well, ain't I got to, baby? I want it all for goodness sake. You can get it. I'll never fret now. As long as I can you get it. Oh, you just found that out? Maybe I'm slow. You are. But 
but I can stand the test. I'm proven. Gal, I've been told, and you want to know. I don't know nothing about it. That old fiddle plays the best. Not where I'm from. I'm in your proper God. What it takes. Well, I can't see it. I mean, he learned it from the wiggling snake. I knew you was animal. Now, Mama, if you doubt, I do. why don't you try me out? I'm doing that. For Papa's God, what it takes. That's going to wrap up the program in a fine style. Uh, Carl Kress and Dick McDonough with Stage Fright. 
Before that, uh, we heard Sajay and me, uh, Victoria Spivey with Porter Granger, and you've got to have what it takes. So this is the old codger, Courtney T. Edison. I'll be back next week from 77 to 8 o'clock playing 78 RPM records here on WFMU. Now, I have been advised. I had to leave a little extra time here. I've been advised by our law firm, uh, the law firm of Solitary, Nasty, Brutish, and Short, LLP, uh, to add the following notice to the conclusion of each old Codger radio show. So, I have to read this. This has been a copyrighted broadcast. Nothing in the old Codger radio show may be rebroadcast anywhere, including in the so-called WFMU archives, without the express consent of my agent, Lola Bell Pancake, who can be reached at her headquarters, uh, the International House of Pancake. It's located in Union, New Jersey. Any proposed rebroadcast is contingent upon the payment of extortionate fees for reuse of any and all content, and by, by content we mean great music, as well as all uh, commentary and sagacious ponderings by the old codger, which he owns, for which uh, he, that, well, this is in the third person, for which he owns the, the, the ponderings, and for which he will never apologize, no matter who claims to be offended. All rights reserved worldwide, in all countries, including and especially in the principality of Hutt River. That's Hutt with two T's. So anyway, uh, you can stay tuned for Maury's Coney Island, right here on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City, Rockland County at 91.9 FM, online at WFMU.org. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done. When the battle's lost and won. Where the place, upon the heath, there to meet with Macbeth. Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air.
this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come. Let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not? Fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight. Or art thou a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat oppressed brain? I see thee yet. In form as palpable as this which now I draw. Thou marshalest me the way that I was going, and such an instrument I was to use. Mine eyes are made the fools or the other senses, or else worth all the rest. I see thee still. And on thy blade and dudgeon gouts of blood, which was not so before. There's no such thing. It is the bloody business that informs thus to mine eyes. Thou sure and firm set earth, hear not my steps, which way they walk, for fear thy very stones prate of my whereabout. I go, and it is done. The bell invites me. Hear it not, Duncan, for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven or to hell.